I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Washington plays USC Saturday with a 12:30 kickoff, an early game. Weather keeps on changing. Every day I look at it, it changes. It was supposed to rain, be nice, rain, and the latest forecast shows mid-60s and sunny weather. We'll see how that goes, but uh, we'll keep on checking. But happy to have the guys from uscfootball.com. They'll be up in Seattle with the game. Ryan Abraham. Ryan, give me a general consensus on what's the atmosphere around UC football right now. Hey, Kim, thanks for having me on. I'm excited if it's going to be sunny. That would be great uh, for, you know, you don't want to be out there if in, in the rain. We, you know, we don't know what to do in the rain in Southern California. But I think that, you know, general consensus, it's been this roller coaster of a season. USC comes out of the gate. You know, they were five and seven last year. The fan base wanted a new, cha- a new coaching staff coming in. That's not what happened. So it was sort of like a put up or shut up kind of year. They didn't look great against the Fresno State team that was replacing a lot of starters. But they come out and they really just pounded. Stanford going on a 42-3 to run. We now know Stanford's not that good. Then they go on the road and lose to BYU, come back and beat a top-10 team in Utah. So they're just kind of this up-and-down roller coaster, really hard to figure out. And all along the way, they keep getting quarterbacks hurt. They're their third-string quarterback. They might only bring one scholarship quarterback to Seattle. So just like USC fashion, Kim, as you know, there's always some kind of drama going on. It never just goes according to plan. And we have no idea what to expect when the Trojans make it to Seattle. New president, Lynn Swan fired. E- both, either of those moves a good move for USC or are those just kind of a wait and see? No, I think they needed, to, uh, they needed to make some strong moves because the leadership had been so poor. And when USC wins, they were kind of doing it despite the poor leadership. Uh, but having Carol Fult come in, I think she's showed that she really wants to make some changes. The fact that Lynn Swan was gone you know, in a, in a month or two, like that made a lot of sense. He quote unquote resigned, but we still haven't heard from him. He didn't make any kind of statement. It certainly was something that he was forced out by Carol Fult. Um, and so now, you know, the wait and see is what are they going to do with a new uh, athletic director and what kind of leashes Clay Helton on to me, losing the BYU game was sort of like the nail in the coffin short of making some miraculous run like they did in 2016. And it's weird because Clay Houghton kind of mentioned that after losing to BYU, that he felt the team was special and they could make that kind of run like that. But in 2016, USC had Sam Darnold and they really only had one tough game on their schedule. That was the one that they, they ended up winning the best win in Clay Houghton's career, uh, you know, beating Washington uh, in Seattle. It's a much tougher schedule and they don't, they're under their third string quarterback. So I think, you know, trying to be Utah was great at home, but they got to go on the road for Washington. And then of course, Notre Dame after that. So it's, it's just kind of this crazy situation. I don't know if Clay Hilton's going to be able to survive this outside of some ridiculous run. It seems like Carol Fult, the new president, is hell-bent on making some big changes. And I think the USC fan base would have appreciated it so far, and I think they would continue to appreciate it. Student body, right. Um, that's what the USC fan base is used to. That looks like it's been shelved. How does that go over with the identity? And I hate the word identity, but that's what USC is known for. And going away from that with the air raid or a version of it, you know, what's the consensus? Is that just changing too much for the USC faithful? I think some of the older fans, for sure, they didn't like even the sound of what an air raid would be. Um, but, you know, they when they were running the stuff with Norm Chow, like there was a lot of those same concepts where they would still run the football, but you got to kind of mix things up and, um, you know, run the football and and throw it. And, you, you, ha- you know, in this modern college football, if you're not throwing the football, you're not going to be winning a whole lot of games. But 
The problem is that when they've tried to run the football, even against a three-man front like they saw against BYU, they haven't had a lot of success. They really didn't run the ball well against Utah in a game that they won. So I think the fan base will be okay with the air raid at scoring points, but you do want to be able to run the football. And so far, USC's really struggled. without. Besides having really good running backs, they just haven't been able to put it together and put some really good running game performances. Because it's, it's a different air raid than what you see with Mike Leach, where they're throwing it 70% of the time. Graham Harrell would like it to be more like of a 45-55 kind of split, not you know throw the ball every down. But they just haven't had that much success so far this year. Where's Jack Sears? He is in the Mystic, the Mystical Transfer Portal, I guess. That sounds like a bar, by the way, doesn't it? <laughs> the trans- that's, you see, we got sit in a bar in the transfer portal. Called- we need to open a bar like that somewhere, like in Seattle or LA. The transfer portal, like that'd be that'd be amazing. Vegas. Like, in Vegas, oh, perfect! Like for you know, for playoff time or for a bowl season, that'd be great to go to the. Tra- I'm going to the transfer portal. Uh, yeah, so he's there. Uh, people keep speculating if Clay Helton will invite him back. Now Clay Helton has like an open door policy. He's allowed people to go into the portal and return. Matt Fink who's likely going to start the game in Seattle, the you know the third-string quarterback, was in the transfer portal. His father told the LA Times he was going to Illinois where three other former USC players had already transferred. Uh, he came back, decided to st- give it a go, and now he's getting his chance. But So there's still a chance that Jack Sears comes back. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like at, at this point, you're talking about walk-ons backing up Matt Fink if Keaton Slovis is unable to go. Or maybe a guy like Tyler Vaughns or Amon Rossi Brown, the two wide receivers who have played some quarterback. They took a few reps in practice apparently this week. Uh, maybe they come in. So it's it's going to be a dire situation. And wait, wait, that wait, might wait, be wait. a mess. Wait, yeah. you're talking about a wide receiver coming in to play quarterback? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? It's sort of like a you know an outfielder when you don't have any pitchers left, you have to come in and pitch a few innings or whatever, or an inning or two, or get a couple outs. Like it seems like that's what they're doing. Now, you, they got Brandon Purdue, who is a, a JC um, quarterback who came in as he's a walk-on, but he switched to safety. They were he was playing more safety than he was playing quarterback. They have to move him back. I just don't feel like they feel like they don't have the confidence in any of the walk-ons. They'd rather have a scholarship guy out there. But to me, it's like, hey, get the guy that wears the yellow jersey every day in practice. If he's throwing a football, you got to go with him. So I I don't know. I mean, they're hoping that it doesn't come to that, but that's. That's the kind of situation they're in right now, Kim. When you take a look at the offensive side of the ball, Ryan, is the talent level where it should be? Um, have they recruited well at that position? Is the talent there? Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at, you know, JT Daniels was a five-star guy. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown was five-star. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's was a five-star. Michael Pittman was a five-star. I mean, they got skill guys that are five-star. Stephen Carr, the running back, was a five-star. So they have plenty of five-star guys. Even like an Austin Jackson, their left tackle was a five-star. There's tons of dudes that have, you know, they were highly ranked coming out of high school. I think they have a good group of running backs. They probably have the best receiving core in the in the Pac-12 that really saved them against Utah. The offensive line, I think, isn't as deep as it should be. And they really were not developed. They had some poor offensive line coaching the past couple of years. I think they're getting better this year, but there's not. it's not real deep. And they just haven't performed, you know, at the, as well as they should in all aspects. But I think, you know, they got the talent other places, uh, maybe, but you know, besides the offensive line, it's just they haven't really been able to put it together. Like defensively, they replaced a lot of guys from last year. Offensively, not so much. A couple offensive linemen, but for the most part, everyone was back. Uh, it's just this year they've had to like run in some different quarterbacks, 
And because they have, at least because they have a better offensive system now, your third string quarterback looks very competent. Where the system they were running before, if you brought in a third string quarterback, he would look terrible. So at least they have that going for them. But it's still not performing to that level that the talent that they have on this team. Five star running back, Stephen Carr. Um, he's not Stephen Carr right now. What's going on there? Yeah, that's weird. So uh, Vavai Malapai uh, out of Hawaii has, has really been the regular starter, but Carr's like the, the second guy in there. And they, you know, Vavai gets more carries, but Carr has been electric. He's had, he had a couple touchdowns in the first game. He had a really nice, uh, you know, outside run for 25 yards in the Stanford game for a touchdown. But they haven't got him. I don't think they've used him all that well. He's he's making like four yards run, four yard runs where he makes five guys miss, you know. So he's getting hit in the backfield and he's got to, you know, make things happen. He probably is hesitating a little bit too too much sometimes in the backfield. But I think they need to scheme him better ways to to get in the open field because he's made a lot of guys miss. He's broken a lot of tackles this year. Um, but he's a different kind of runner, and I feel like what they're doing probably lends itself more to a marquee step, who's the 235-pound redshirt freshman. The fans love. They want to see more of him. He scored a touchdown against Utah late in the game and tried to hand the ball to Reggie Bush, and the officials jumped right in there and threw a flag. Uh, but I, you know, the, what they're doing seems like fit marquee step style a little bit more than Stephen Carr's. But I think he's maybe not as electric as he was a couple of years ago as a freshman. He hurt his back last year. He just didn't look the same. I think he's better, maybe not fully 100%, but... If they get him into some good positions, Kim, I think he'll be okay. It's just they haven't really done that yet. What I saw against Utah was Matt Fink throwing the ball up for grabs, uh, 50-50 balls quite a bit. As an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach, that's really got to make me nervous. But if USC had to go to the run game and just pound the ball, are they capable of doing that? I, I mean, are they number one, can they with the personnel that they have? Number two, are they wired to do that to maybe run the ball 50 times? Yeah, you know, they, they ran, I think, 45 in the, the Fresno State game. Uh, when uh, That's when JT Daniels got hurt. And, you know, Keaton Slovis comes in the second half. They only threw eight passes. They ran the ball more. We've seen them in stretches, like basically when a quarterback get hurt, gets hurt, to run the ball more. Uh, and they, they tried to do that more uh, against BYU because they were dropping eight guys in the coverage. But that would be the concerning thing for me, Kim, because when you are dropping eight guys in the coverage, the three-man front was not only getting pressure on the quarterback, but they weren't able to run the ball very well. I think Washington uh, last weekend, you had one running back go for five yards of carry, another go for six yards of carry. USC was under four yards of carry, and that was against that three-man front. They didn't switch it up at all because USC you know, threw three interceptions into it. They just stayed in that defense. And that's something that if, if they're going to play that, you have to be able to pound the ball and pound them in submission. I think Washington was able to do that and make them switch it up. USC wasn't. So I think it's a real concern. It's not the desire isn't there to run the football, but I'm just not sure they're going to be capable, especially against the front, uh, you know, like Washington. I think it's similar to what Utah has. Utah might have the best defensive line in the conference, and USC was had negative rushing yards heading into the in the fourth quarter. So they can't do that. They're, they're not going to go on the road and beat Washington. Utah won all the stats, basically, um, and lost the game. I don't think they're going to be able to do something like that and just throw the football up to wide to wide receivers who are very good, but I don't think that's going to win the game at Washington. It's going to have to be a more complete, and you know, I think running the football is a big part of that. Slovis make the trip? Does he play? So we don't know. We'll find out. Um, you know, Thursday evening. Uh, you know, it, it, what what his status is going to be? He hasn't. He did not practice uh, on Tuesday. He did not practice on Wednesday. So uh, my guess is. 
you know, he's not going to be out of concussion protocol and likely doesn't make the trip, leaving Matt Fink as the uh, as the only starter. But, you know, we've seen guys kind of come out of it and play. I, I have a hard time finding that they would bring him out of it and, and play him when you have a bye week next week and you give him more of a chance to uh, recover. Jumping over the defensive side of the ball, Drake Jackson, obviously, as advertised, maybe even better than advertised. Tell us about the defensive line for USC. And, and the, what I want you to touch on, too, is when I watched the Utah game, boy, were they physical. Yeah, it was a really physical line. I think it starts up front. Jay Tefele has just been uh, crazy. He's another former uh, five-star guy out of Utah that was just you know putting swim moves on and beating guys and just disrupting plays. Uh, I think USC has been susceptible to that on the offensive side of the ball, and but they've been doing a pretty good job of pressuring the quarterback and forcing things to happen in the backfield. They just haven't been able to finish a lot of the, the sacks uh, for them. They got, you know, they did get Tyler Huntley a couple times. He hadn't been sacked all year. They've been good at pressures, but the tackling has been a real issue, but I like the way the front's playing. They do a great job of stuffing runs up the middle uh, you really can, they're susceptible to outside runs. For some reason, Utah didn't get that memo and they kept trying to go up the middle and it wasn't working at all. Um, just, you know, guys like Jay Tefele, Marlon Tuli Pelotu, who, you know, Washington fans are familiar, you know, was a commit there. Um, you know, they've done a great job of plugging things up the middle. And then on the outside, you mentioned Drake Jackson as the true freshman. He's been an absolute beast. He looks like he's a junior in college, not a true freshman. And uh, watch number 99. He is a fun player. To, to see, you know, at, to watch him play football, he's great. And uh, he leads the nation in sacks, and he's second in tackles for loss for freshmen. Um, so without him, I think this off, this defensive line wouldn't be anywhere near as productive as it has been. But it's probably been the strength of this defense, the, the kind of pressure they're able to create. When I watched the game, one of the things I noticed, not only how physical it was, but I saw a lot of dumb stuff, undisciplined penalties, stupid stuff. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about that. Cause that's got to make coaches and fans crazy. Oh yeah. There's you got to have some stupid stuff, right? It's USC. So you're doing <laughs> um, but there's, been, I think for the biggest, the biggest issue has been the, the missed tackles. And I think when you, you get pressure and you're not able to bring the quarterback down and now they face some athletic quarterbacks, you got, you know, Zach Wilson, who, you know, Washington fans got to see last week. Um, he was really dynamic in that game against USC. And then Tyler Huntley, you know, last, last week for USC that, you know, the Utah quarterback has been really good as well. Now they were able to get to him a couple of times and they did force a safety, but for the most part, he was able to get away and, and make plays. And I think that's been a real big issue, but tackling in general, and it's a, the fans get on Twitter. They're all, you know, complaining about it because USC doesn't, you know, have, have super physical practices. It's sort of like this leftover era from the the sanctions where you know that's where clay helton kind of learned usc football and it was always kind of like protecting the players and not necessarily being really physical in practice they're not tackling to the ground things like that they don't do a lot of full pads and when the the tackling struggles and you see those kind of mistakes especially on the edge that lead to big plays it really makes the fans (laughs) upset so we you know we talked to clancy pendergast this week they say they're doing some different drills and things like that but Ultimately, that's the head coach's call, and that's just kind of the, I guess the culture around the program is not going to be, hey, it's the middle of the season, we're not going to be tackling in practice, we're going to work on it in other ways. One of the things that Washington was able to do against BYU was take advantage of their linebackers. They were a little um, low on depth, and they were banged up a little bit, but the drag routes over the middle, the underneath stuff, um, Washington was able to really take advantage of that, and uh, Jacob Eason just tore them up. Is uh, are the linebackers at USC? Um, 
I know that their coach is somebody Washington fans are really familiar with. <laughs> Johnny Nansen. Johnny Nansen. <laughs> Johnny yeah. Nansen. But uh, tell people about the linebackers. And is, if you're the offensive coordinator at Washington, is that somewhere that uh, you feel you can attack? Yeah, I think there's a, a certainly a chance there. Now, they've switched to a lot of a different kind of front where they're doing a lot of like four two five looks. So there's not as many linebackers on the field as there were before. Occasionally, you'll see their outside linebacker or like a Hunter Eccles will come in and spell like a Christian Rector, who's one of the defensive ends. But for the most part, they've used a lot of four-man fronts, leaving really just two linebackers there. You have John Houston, who's uh, you know, a veteran, has been around forever, moved from uh, the will to the middle spot. And he's been, I think he's been good at times, missed some tackles. He's a little undersized, but I think he does a pretty good job in coverage. The guy that you, you know, really look at who can make huge plays, he had 14 tackles last week, was uh, former five-star Pallier Naoteote out of Bishop Gorman High School, they're letting him like blitz quite a bit and get into the backfield. I don't think they want him to be thinking out there as much. It seems like he's better when he just goes and attacks. So if there's some drag routes or something that he would be responsible for covering the guy, I think that's someone you could kind of take advantage of. But he's an absolute beast, and you know he can make tackles all over the place, but he's missed some too, and I think he's missed some assignments. So there's one of those things where I think Houston's probably a little more steady uh, but if Washington was going to attack one of the linebackers, it might be, they call him EA, Paul EA. Um, so, you know, it might be him because he can be the, like a big play guy or make it a, you know, be a bust at sometimes. Well, USC be missing their main guy in the secondary who's just making plays all over the field. <sighs> he hasn't practiced yet either. So Talano Hufunga, another five-star uh, from Corvallis. So up in the, he's a Pacific Northwest guy. Um, it's been a tackling machine. He leads the team in tackles. Uh, Clay Hilton said that was the best performance by a safety he's seen during his tenure at USC. And that's arguable, but he was really good. 14 tackles and making big plays where you'd watch the film and see him recognize the play before it's happening. You see the tackle, but how did he get there? When he's running from one side of the field to the other, across the field and between guys that should be, you know, getting on this, you know, getting on the ball carrier, he's passing them up because he's recognizing where the play's going before they do. He's just kind of one of those guys. If they don't have him, I think that's a huge blow to the secondary because there's plenty of plays that would have broken and been bigger for Utah if it wasn't for Talanoa Hufanga. So without him there and that sure tackling, when especially when the rest of the team just isn't tackling that well, I, I think it would be a huge blow. So we don't know. He was a like concussion protocol, a little bit of a shoulder stuff. Someone like him, Kim, I think could play without practicing as much. Where like Keaton Slovis, if you're the quarterback and not practicing, I, you know, and as a true freshman, I'm not sure he would be able to 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 make the trip and play. But I think if Hufunga can go, they're going to let him play. USC on the road, USC at home. Is there a difference? Big difference. Uh, you saw. I mean, it's been throughout Clay Helton's tenure. It's just been better for them. Uh, at home and on the road for whatever reason. Uh, they're definitely they're under 500 with Clay Helton on the road. And, you know, even the Utah series, just whoever's at home, the home team wins that game every time. So we saw them go to, to BYU after being at a, you know, super high beating, you know, beating Stanford and really just lay an egg. And uh, they got a super high coming off the Utah win and they have to avoid, obviously, laying an egg against Washington. But I'm just, I'm expecting, me for me, Kim, I'm expecting more of like the, what we saw at BYU, not not only because the, the defenses are going to be similar to what they're going to face as far as scheme, but also it's just going to be a road trip. And uh, it, you know, I just don't think they're going to be, they haven't been proven on the road. So to me, Kim, it's a, it's a pretty big difference. And 
that's one of the reasons why a lot of fans are, are upset with Clay Helton because they don't seem to play well away from the Coliseum. How much does it cost to park at USC? For a football game? For yeah, a football game? They go up to a hundred, but it's like a lot of the, the lots. I think there's some forty dollar lots, there's some sixty dollar lots. And if you go to campus and walk across, I think that's twenty five, but um yeah, it's not uh it's not it's not cheap. And they've they lost a lot of spaces when they're doing the construction. They're building a brand new like Lucas Museum too, so that's taken up a lot of spots as well. So it's it's a yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a nightmare over there sometimes, Kevin, as as you probably know. All right, you get to travel on the road. What are some of the road trips you like? What are some of the road trips you hate? I love I love Seattle. Um, for me, it's uh, you know, I'm not a big rain guy, but sailgating is awesome. My wife is a Tennessee grad, so I've gone and uh, done boats there for a football game, and so being able to do that at Washington last year was great. And a lot of the Washington fans invited me on their boat, and we uh, we did like a little video feature. It was, it was great. Uh, I love going to Boulder. It's just a great city, and um, just the atmosphere there is fun. I love Ralphie. Uh, that's good stuff there too. I I enjoyed Utah. I made my first trip last year. Uh, that was neat. We got to park like right next to the stadium. You know, we get good parking like that, Kim. That's a big part of it. And you got to have food. I like the food at Stanford. That's a pretty good meal you get at the at, at halftime for the game. So, but there's there's a lot of good ones. You know, it, it, but. Seattle, definitely one of my favorites, and the sailgating aspect makes it like so what's, cool for me. What's the worst? I haven't been to Tucson for a while, but that, there wasn't really much memorable about that. Uh, I mean, I like Phoenix. Like Phoenix is great. You want to go golf and stuff. Um, you have a good time there. Even like I like Pullman. You know, it's uh, like you go to the Coug. There's, it's neat. You know, you're sort of kind of out what's there. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I know. I just I don't want to piss off your fans or whatever. But there's, you know, it's like. I, you know, people make fun of Pullman. I'm like, I had a fun time going there. Even like going to Corvallis is kind of cool. Um, the atmosphere at, at you know in at Eugene is is great. Um, Cal's better. Cal even Cal's better. You know, with the the remodeled stadium. Now parking there sucks. You're parking in neighborhoods and things like that. But um, I, don't, I mean, I have a pretty good time in all of them. Kim, I'm not like a I don't want to be a hater and like dislike any of this. Just being able to go to these unique Pac-12 stadiums was kind of fun. We uh, went to Cal and the media lot was full, so we had to go find our own parking, and we found a fraternity, and it was twenty bucks, and that included all the vodka you could drink. <laughs> I think it was like Potter's or something like that. So that's great. And then you yeah. get people what, protesting that you like football. So there you, know. there you yeah. go. Are you guys going to uh, Colorado this year? I'm going to try to make that one. Yeah, it's a Friday game. USC when is that? Colorado. Uh, I think it's early November. I have to look at the schedule, but yeah, like early November. Or no, yeah. mid, I think middle of November. Yeah, so it's uh, that's a that's a neat one. If you ever see Ralphie run, like that's something that's worth watching. If you if you ever if you ever get a chance to go when Washington well, plays Colorado, well, a yeah. couple things. You know, we're going on November twenty fourth, so the weather should be spectacular. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, last time I was there, uh, Ralphie, they put in the end zone in a little pen, you know, temporary holding pen. Ralphie took a big old liquid dump in the middle of the end zone. And a student just came by with a snow shovel and just kind of skimmed it off. And I'm going, are you serious? Oh, man. Yeah, that changes the game if it's like like solid or liquid. Like, yeah. How do you fix the liquid bar? I don't know what you do. You stay away from that portion of the end zone. It was pretty bad. So when you go back there, yeah, yeah. So I'll watch out for that. All right. Hey, Ryan, thanks for jumping on with us. Just uh, we'll catch up. Look forward to seeing you in the press box on Saturday. Sounds good, Kim. Thanks for having me.